Welcome everyone to the Sports Unite podcast, episode four. Thank you very much for joining us today. Got some news, got some analytics, and we're going to have a little fun, so let's get into it. So over the past week, we've had some developing things happen, starting with the AHL canceling their season. Uh, It looked like they tried their best to find a way to return. There's just no way. It's really hard nowadays with borders and teams being in two different countries that we have travel restrictions, quarantining, uh, without isolating or moving teams where they can't finish seasons. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. So the AHL has canceled their season. They'll look to regroup and plan for a way to return in the fall. So we wish them the best of luck. The NFL. The NFL released its schedule, the much anticipated event, three hours of live TV, analyzing each and every single game every week going through the Monday night, the Sunday night, the Thursday nights, we have our first Christmas Day game. That's going to be real competition for the NBA, especially if the NBA goes through, delays its season, and wants to start on Christmas. Is this going to be a new battle, having NFL and NBA battle on Christmas now? Who knows? Something to look forward to. But the season starts on September 10th with Kansas City against the Texans. A repeat of the semifinal AFC matchup where Kansas City came back. Texans blew a lead, which was the theme of the playoffs last year for Kansas City. Letting a team think that they have won it, including my 49ers in the Super Bowl, and they just come back and win. So they're going to kick off their Super Bowl defense against the Texans on the Thursday night game. Now there is a contingency plan. They do plan to play all 17 weeks, but if need be, they have to push back this season. They will. So whatever week they do start on, so if they happen to start on week four, weeks one, two, and three will be played after week 17. So it'll go week four to week 17, and then one, two, three, and then the playoffs and Super Bowl. They want the Super Bowl to take place on February 7th, but if not, if it cannot happen, there is a contingency plan, but they do still want to play everything with fans as it is originally intended. Also, in that week one matchup, we are going to see Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play Drew Brees and the Saints as they are now in the same division. So they will play twice. But if you want to see the full schedule and makeup, go to the NFL website. The fun thing about the schedule being released is every single year, teams come up with schedule release videos. Something fun, unique, uh, that no other league does. Some of the interesting videos that have come out recently, Detroit using the Animal Crossing theme, Animal Crossing being the biggest game to come out so far this year. They use their uh, talented team to develop the release video as if you were playing Animal Crossing. Carolina using the quarantine theme where you are bored at home and they release their schedule that way. The Broncos using that Full House themed intro to release their schedule, but the best. I think really encapsulates everything going on. The Jacksonville Jaguars channeling early, early YouTube by using cats and meme cats to release their schedule. I think it's genius. Everyone enjoys watching cat videos. That's why the internet was made. So go on, check out those individual uh, videos. You can find them on YouTube, social media. The NFL has set protocols to allow team facilities to open on May 15th, and it looks like it's going to be up to 75 non-player personnel in a single day that will be able to be at the facility. Depending on what is taking place or where 
the facility is it could be lower no players are permitted on site unless they are getting rehab uh, they are going to have a second step involving more staff and players to be able to come start their workouts and get back into game shape but so far everything is on zoom uh, installing playbooks getting to know new teammates especially after the draft that's all virtual so far starting to get back but guidelines uh, are a little little murky going to be changing definitely from time to time as we go on into May. The CFL appears to be in trouble. Not sure if this season's going to happen for 2020. I think they can still go ahead with a season. They just have to wait a little bit. Maybe delay to start middle of July or uh, beginning of August. That's my hope. I hope it can still happen. I don't see sports happening with fans in the crowd this year. Get it? I know the NFL really wants it, but I don't see it happening until a vaccine is ready. We won't have live sports with fans in the stands, which is fine. But with leagues like the CFL, they don't get a huge revenue from TV broadcast. And that's the problem. A lot of their money comes from in-gate purchases, people being at the stadium, buying food, buying clothing. Without them being there, the CFL won't get a good portion of the money and they may not be able to function. Now, the, the commissioner is talking to the government and did talk with the House of Commons asking for assistance. They asked for $150 million. That's a lot of money. I don't know if they're going to get it. I'm still on the fence about professional leagues getting it uh, over athletic sport organizations that are not for profit. Now, they did announce the government here in Canada that $72 million will be going to organizations such as Swimming Canada, Athletics Canada, all the major sports organizations that help athletes, the ones that you see in the Olympics, the ones that uh, help non-professional athletes. So that is great news to hear. If there is money left over and it can go to a league like the CFL, I would be okay with that now that other non-profit uh, athletic organizations have been sort of taken care of. There are still lots and lots of people that do need support and money, so it's a tough circumstance to be in. Now, the CFL is in no position financially, fan base-wise, to be like the NHL, NFL, MLB, NBA. If no fans show up, that's fine. They can still survive, but the CFL is not in that position yet. So, uncertain times, and uh, we will certainly cover it. I do hope the CFL, I love the CFL players. I love how it brings everyone together. We will be covering the CFL in an episode very soon, so go on Facebook or Instagram, Sports Unite Podcast, Twitter, Sports Unite Pod 1. Let us know your favorite CFL moments or what makes the CFL so special compared to other leagues. Let us know in the comments. We want to grow this podcast. The Gatineau Olympique have won big in the QMJHL draft lottery. They had three chances at the first overall pick with their own and two other lottery picks in the draft lottery, and they paid off. So they ended up getting the first, the second, and the fourth overall pick in the upcoming draft. They seem to be on their way to have a run in a couple of years. And when junior hockey picks up again, we will be covering it. It's always exciting to go to a junior hockey game. We'll be covering uh, all three leagues, the WHL, QMJHL, and the OHL, on their road to the Memorial Cup. And now we're going to get into The Last Dance, episodes 7 and 8. It's almost over. It's so sad, but it's so good. I like the quote that Michael Jordan had in the huddle before the playoffs started in 1998, early in episode 7 where he says, hard work starts tonight and ends in champagne. I really like that quote. We're going to put that on a poster. We're going to make that the new cat poster. 
Hard work starts tonight, ends in champagne. It's a recipe for success. But the real part of these episodes really delve into the in-between, the baseball years, if you will. And it didn't shy away. It talked about all the conspiracy theories that came out. They really were not kind. It's like they really tried to tear down Michael Jordan. Jeez, I wonder if that uh, sounds familiar, trying to tear down someone who's really popular or famous. Doesn't happen at all in the media. It was the, the talk from the author of uh, Rare Air, where he talks about how Michael Jordan in 1992 wanted to retire. But with the Olympics happening and then the allure to have a three-peat, something that Larry Bird and Magic Johnson never did, that kept him back, that drove his competitiveness to win another one. And like in the previous episodes, he it was more of a relief for him winning that third championship. But you already knew that his mind was made up. And to top all that off, in that summer, that's when his dad died. And we know the relationship between his dad and Michael Jordan had. It was a really special relationship. And it was so hard. It was kind of, I want to say the last, the last, thing that caused him to really accept that he was done playing basketball. He was tired, there was nothing else to accomplish, so he wanted to try something else, try something that he really loved, which was baseball, and he probably could have played baseball if he didn't play basketball as an athlete. To top it all off, the retirement announcement broke at a White Sox playoff game, which was very fascinating, I thought, and uh, it broke the news field. And it was something that I think people weren't ready for, especially the fans. People were crying. Kids were crying. People stopped in the streets to watch his retirement announcement. That's when you know you've made it, when people stop on the side watching a TV, watching your announcement. Reporters then speculated the gambling, that he was suspended for gambling, really, or that gambling debts caused his dad to die. That's just, that's really mean. You know, that's, it's clickbait today, but that's how newspapers sold and made money, was just outlandish headlines. And people would pick it up, pay for it, read it, and that's how they made money. And today we have clickbait. So it kind of evolved from that, but there were so many headlines about Michael Jordan and his gambling and what really caused the death and was he at fault that's like kicking someone when they're down that's it's so mean and just you know he wanted to try something else like we've seen in other episodes he was done he was so burnt out as many people know nowadays you get burnt out and you need that little bit of rest change relaxation anything if you do enjoy what you're doing you can go back to it and it can be enjoyable again. His other passion was baseball. It's a sport, he was playing it, and it was his father's dream that he would play baseball. So it seemed to be a natural selection that he would go and try baseball. Obviously, you shouldn't just be in the majors. That takes a very special athlete, but coming off of playing basketball, which is different mechanics, different body builds, you should have started, uh, you know, rookie ball, but the media attention, the attendance, they had to start him at double A because that's where the <laughs> stadiums could handle him. So, you know, it was, he probably could have. And his manager was Terry Francona, which knows a thing or two about being a world-class manager and winning World Series. He knew that 
if he had the time to develop and had what he said 1500 at bats he would have made the major league he started off hot but then pitchers as they do they learn how to defeat batters and michael couldn't hit the breaking ball but you saw his work ethic again that's how you know someone has an amazing work ethic you don't just do it in one aspect of your job he switched jobs and continued to go to batting practice batting practice before practice practice go after after games he would continue to work on his craft and he just wanted to play at a hundred percent and help his teammates and that was another thing you saw the athleticism and how crazy gifted he was but his teammates just treated him like someone else you saw it help him you know i really do think that he would have stuck with it if it was not for the lockout season that really you know set in motion for him to go back to basketball allowed him to go to practice the the breakfast where he met uh, bj armstrong and then invited him back to practice see the guys started to play basketball again and he realized he missed it he realized he enjoyed it and that was another passion of his he wasn't playing baseball they had replacement players. The planets really aligned. I'll say that. The planets really aligned. And it drew the path for him to go back to basketball. Without the player strike, I do think that Michael Jordan would have ended up in the major leagues. Where? With who? Who knows? But he wanted to stay in Chicago. They weren't playing. Basketball was happening. And it led to him coming back on march 19th 1995 he returned and uh really set in motion the second three-peat now he came back as number 45 not 23 but 45 i didn't know why he picked 45 to begin with but 45 was his high school number and he kind of thought that the last time he played in 23 his dad saw him and he didn't again that emotion it wasn't quite healed but baseball really helped and uh <laughs> His press release to come back was a fax. Today it'd probably be a, a tweet or an Instagram live, but that's how <laughs> 1995, we're faxing press releases where it just says, I'm back. There's no better way to say it. There's, you can't make a press release any better than just, I'm back via fax. I find that hilarious. He came back with a new checklist of motivations. His comeback, I think, helped him come full circle about his dad's death. He escaped it allowed time to heal it still wasn't going to be completely there but you know it was he was able to come back play the game took him a couple games when i say a couple i mean like three to five before he was able to shoot and score 55 in a game against new york no less in the garden a couple of games oh he never had more than one horrible game and there's the the memory that it goes back to the Bradford Smith where they played the bullets. He had a horrible, he didn't have a great game and Smith had a great game where he shot for 37 points. Now at the time it was said that he went up to Jordan and said, hey, great game, stuck in his mind and caused Michael Jordan the next game, they were playing a back-to-back to go, I'm gonna score what this guy scored in a half. Years later it came out that that didn't happen but that's, you. That's the competitiveness that Michael had was he made if he made stuff up, it acted like it was real to him and it caused his competitiveness and his gamemanship just to skyrocket to prove that he is the best. They make the playoffs, not having a great series against uh, Orlando. And that's when the quote 45 is in 23 and just next game shows up in 23 and it's like 
he's essentially back. Only thing that wasn't back was his basketball body. He had the work ethic and he tried, but he was in baseball mode and was not ready for a deep run. The team lost and that caused him to go, I know what I need to do. The next day starts to get ready for the next season, starts to get basketball ready because he knows what it takes to get to June and win that championship and be ready physically, mentally, and he knew it had to start right then and there. In that same summer, we get one of my personal favorites, Space Jam. I'm so glad they covered this. Oh, I was waiting for the Space Jam summer to happen. He got the rock treatment, whereas uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson gets has a gym follow him so he can be in peak physical condition when he films movies. Michael Jordan got a workout facility on the Warner Brothers lot. And again, his work ethic, he would shoot from 7 a.m. till about 5 or 6 he would have a two-hour break where he would get in workouts uh, with Tim, his trainer. And afterwards, he would have epic games. It was, it was almost like watching the 92 Olympics practice game where he, they showed a little bit of games where it was just who's who of the NBA. Reggie Miller, Patrick Ewing, just all of them. Scottie Pippen, Rodman, just playing, you know, pick up ball calling their own fouls kind of the early version of nba street it was so cool to see and then after he played that game two hour game he'd go and still have weight left that i think that got him prepared again to do another three-peat and uh, then it goes into the drill sergeant sometimes you can't always be the nice guy you have to have the way you command a team everyone has their leadership ways and their coaching ways sometimes they're different from your personal day-to-day persona and other times they're kind of intertwined and other times they're the exact same and that kind of define someone if they're going to be a good leader if they can get tough if they can coach if they can build people up and get everyone together as a team and that's what people have to work on if you're not a great leader you have to work on that be able to switch into friend mode and boss mode or manager mode coach mode without that you won't be able to get the results that some people want and Michael Jordan some people wouldn't say he's a nice guy from what I've seen where he treat, talks to fans outside the game He seems like a nice guy, but when he is in kind of battle, he turns into that drill sergeant. He knows what it takes to get everyone up to championship level, and he can't play for everyone, and he his idea is to just make everyone better and this is how you're going to do it trash talk just get in people's face sometimes fighting that's what it takes to get everyone to be as great as jordan and i mean that's when you get the 72 and 10 team i don't want to say results speak but the results speak you don't get much uh you don't get much crazier than that i mean his tactics might be mean or might be seen as rough but man they work and if everyone buys in that's the other thing everyone bought in everyone got better and realized that this is something special and there we go you get the 72 and 10 team and the start of the second three-peat also let's get a movement going seattle needs a team again i like the supersonics i like their jerseys seattle's getting a, a hockey team now they're gonna have a new arena they need the supersonics back let's start that movement all 20 people that have listened to this podcast just start the movement to get the supersonics back but now time for some news that will unite us all the premier league has learned that june 1st they are able to start up the league 
That's right, the UK government has put out their rebuild plans this week, which includes cultural and sporting events to take place behind closed doors. The exact order of opening the doors uh, is not yet decided upon, but June 1st is the magic date that they are able to start. Uh, They have met with the Department uh, and Minister of Culture, Media and Sport, uh, with the Premier League and other sporting bodies, to come up with plans and that'll be released soon other leagues around europe have until may 25th to outline how they will begin starting play or at least the plan speaking of european football we have sports again the Bundesliga is starting this weekend that's right saturday the 16th there's six matches taking place told you sports are coming back The stadiums will be empty, but people around the world are super excited to have live sports again. Uh, Fans are so excited that some teams are accepting donations of 19 euros to get their own cardboard cutout put into the stands to show their ultimate support for their teams and the money goes to charity. I love this initiative and I can see other teams doing it as well uh, in both Europe and North America. So I will be watching some games this weekend, even though they'll be really early for me. I don't care. Live sports are happening. People are going to be able to bet on sports too. They're going to be super happy about that. We will have a recap of all the action coming out of this weekend on next week's episode. So stay tuned to that. I know you're all Bundesliga fans. Uh, Alfonso Davy, a Canadian, he's really tearing it up. So, uh, you know, there is reason to watch if you're uh, interested in just Canadian content. NASCAR is set to return this weekend. Races uh, will begin on the 17th with two races at Darlington and the second happening on Wednesday the 20th before heading to Charlotte for two races and finishing the month in Kansas. So, again, this weekend's going to be jam-packed. You're going to be glued to the TVs with football that is soccer for north america listeners and nascar also on the horizon for racing fans is indycar is set to come back on june the 6th racing i think is going to pick up uh, the sports baton for a little bit the first race happening on june the 6th will be a night race with no fans condensed schedule is also happening for the season but that's okay sports is coming back the initial concern was between some speedways and indycar was most of the money going to the speedway or the money that would be earned by the speedway would be from fans concession and being there for that weekend for that race they don't get a lot of the cut from tv like uh, other leagues do like nascar that was the holdup. deals were reached so everything was able to be worked out and everyone is happy so the schedule and the season can carry on so the first race we will have is on june the 6th uh, afterwards uh, the next race will be on father's day june 21st at the road america in wisconsin don't worry though other races have been moved around and shifted so there will be lots of back-to-back races and double header races at the speedways such as in iowa laguna beach and indianapolis races like the indy 500 was already moved to august so they will see two races throughout the condensed schedule it appears that the major league baseball will be returning it appears to be that the new uh 
schedule will be about 81, 82 games and 14 team playoffs. So it's going to be a little bit easier to make the playoffs. The roster will be able to grow to 30. No realignment. So that hub scenario that we were talking about or three different cities does not seem to be favorable to Major League. But how it would work is you would play your teams in your division and corresponding geography to limit travel. And all leagues, both American and national, will have a designated hitter that has been uh, voted on and uh, we'll discuss a little bit more when the results come out. But it appears the one team that will uh, it'll be a hassle for will be the Blue Jays. I think the easiest way is to just stick at the spring training field in Dunedin in Florida and just go from there because the stance on 14-day quarantine if you're traveling from outside of Canada is not going to be lifted anytime soon. So that would eliminate a lot of travel and eliminate uh, people coming. It would eliminate teams coming to play in Toronto because you'd have to wait 14 days before you could play. It'd just not be worth it. So I believe they're going to have to play their home games in Florida if the season's going to uh, continue this summer, which is going to suck. But I don't believe fans will be in the be able to watch anyway, so it'll be all on TV. So it won't really matter. It just suck for the uh, families, anyone living in Toronto. Korean baseball is back. I know you're all excited, waiting for it. The games are being broadcasted on ESPN. There are no reports that they are being broadcast in Canada. They might be on TSN as they have that relationship with ESPN. I have not been able to find it yet. But game schedule are as follows. So Tuesday to Friday, 5.30 a.m. You can find games. Saturday, uh, 4 a.m. And 1 a.m. games on Sunday. So that just means you stay up really late Saturday night to watch some baseball, then go to bed. You have all day Sunday to just sleep it off. Now, in case you're having problems picking a team to root for, we're going to do this with the Bundesliga next week, but we're going to go through uh, the league. There are 10 teams in the Korean Baseball League. So we start with the Doosan Bears. They have six championships and play out of Seoul. The LG Twins, they have two championships and play also play out of Seoul. The Kinwam Heroes have no championships and play out of Seoul as well. There's a mecca of teams in Seoul. Uh, the Kia Tigers, 11 championships and they play out of Kwanjin. Also, they have former baseball man- uh, MLB manager Matt Williams. The Lotte Giants, two championships and play out of Busan. The Samsung Lions have eight championships and play out of Daegu. The Hanwan Eagles have one championships and play out of Daewon. The KT Wiz, excellent name, have no championships, uh, and they play out of Suwon. Uh, they're also the newest franchise, so that's pretty cool if you uh, want to hop on the new expansion teams. Korean baseball is back, everyone. Stay calm. It's okay. We made it. That's right, another league has started up again. Uh, Korean baseball is back and being broadcast you can catch it on espn i don't know if it's being broadcasted in canada but six games a week are on espn games uh are at 5 30 a.m tuesday to friday early game fourth four o'clock early game 4 a.m saturday and 1 a.m sunday which just means you stay up really late saturday night watch some baseball then go to sleep sleep it off uh, all day sunday so in case you are looking for a team to root for, we're going to go through each one, give you a little bit about them. There are 10 teams in the league. Many have sponsors as names and uh, for their mascots as well. 
So let's get started. We start with the Doosan Bears, who have six championships and play out of Seoul, Korea. Uh, the LG Twins have two championships and play out of Seoul as well. The Kiwoom Heroes, uh, they have no championships and they also play out of Seoul. Lots of teams in Seoul. The Kia Tigers have 11 championships and play out of Kiwan. The Kia Tigers have 11 championships. They play out of uh, Kwanjun and also have a former MLB manager, Matt Williams, managing that team over there in good hands with 11 championships. The Lotte Giants, two championships and play out of Busan. Samsung Lions, who have eight championships and play out of Daegu. The Hanwha Eagles, one championship and play out of Daejeon. The KT Wiz, love the name. Zero championships, they play out of Suwon. They're also the newest franchise, so if you're looking for that expansion love, I suggest throwing it that way. The SK Riverns, uh, four championships play out of Ichan. My pick for the team that you should watch for, they have no championships. They are, I think, the second newest team, so you almost get that expansion starting at the beginning. But what makes it my pick for the team to follow. They also have no championships. They're also fairly new as well. So uh, if you like that expansion team uh, kind of flavor, they're it. They play out of Chain Wan, but most importantly, their name. Their name is the NC Dinos. For all the love of dinosaurs out there, their mascot, his name is Swole Daddy. I'll let that sink in for a second. Not only are they named after dinosaurs, their mascot, who is also a dinosaur. You can check out our social media pages for a photo of him. His name is Swole Daddy. I mean, if that doesn't win right now, I don't know what is. They are also leading the league as of this taping. Not to say you're hopping on the bandwagon, but uh, Swole Daddy is going to make you hop on the bandwagon. Uh, speaking of mascots, did you know there's a mascot hall of fame? That's right. There is a mascot hall of fame, and this is our analytics of the week, the Unite Us All analytics of the week. The mascot hall of fame is in Whitting, Indiana, which is on the border with Illinois. So you can actually see downtown Chicago from the hall of fame. It opened in 2018, but has been around since 2005. So each year, mascots are inducted after meeting a list of eligibility requirements, which includes being a mascot for 10 years or more, performing in North America, recognized by a sport body in the U.S. So no international mascots as of yet. That might grow in the years to come. Nomination process is they uh, get down a screening committee. Uh, you get from up to 30 nominations, whittle it down to 10. They release the 10 remaining mascots who also have a kind of fan voting. You can uh, vote for your favorite. And after those 10 are voted on, up to four will leave the final ballots and end up in the Hall of Fame. So the class of 2020 will see four mascots inducted, including Blue, the Colts mascot, Boomer, the Pacers mascot, the Oriole Bird for the Baltimore Orioles, and Yuppie, the current Montreal Canadiens mascot, who is also the former Expos mascot. He's also the only mascot to ever be a mascot for two different sports teams in two different leagues. So that's pretty cool. So I thought, why not uh, give this a try? Let's try and pick 10 mascots who are not in the mascot hall of fame and try and pick who eventually will get in who i think these are my top 10 who i think will end up in the sports hall of fame so some honorable mentions uh nash 
the Nashville Predators mascot, and Chance the Gila Monster, Uga, his non-live comp- uh, companion Harry Dog, the mascots for Georgia, Iceberg, Pittsburgh Penguins mascot, and the Raptor for the Toronto Raptors. I think eventually those guys, but they're not quite there yet. Let's get into the top 10. So these are the top 10 mascots I think will make it into the mascot hall of fame gritty he's like five years old and he's already changed the game in the mascot world he's entertaining makes memorable social media videos even during this quarantine he's still making videos and making an impact on the mascot world so i think he's a no-brainer he'll get in once his 10 years are up the next on the list is hugo the charlotte hornets mascot this poor mascot's been through a lot He was uh, the Charlotte Hornets mascot. Then the team moved and they were still the New Orleans Hornets. So his new new, uh, city adopted him. And then they switched the team name to the Pelicans and he was out of a job. Not out of a job long. He was uh, back in Charlotte in 2014 when the team, uh, the new team changed their name from the Bobcats to the Hornets again. So he's back. He is a good crowd control guy. So I, uh, I like him to get into the Hall of Fame. Pirate Parrot, that's his name. He works for the Pirates, and he's Parrot. They uh, didn't have all that fancy naming capabilities back in 1979 when he began working. He's a hardworking Parrot. Team hasn't been that good in uh, the past couple of decades, and he's still going on and on. He does a lot of work with the other mascots in Pittsburgh, and he has a fierce rivalry with the Philly Fanatic. Lots of rivalries between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, so I uh, I like him to get in. Jackson DeVille, the expansion Jags mascot, not afraid to push the boundaries. He's been causing trouble since the beginning. He has lots of mascot shenanigans, and he's also responsible for the NFL adding a mascot rule. He was taunting opposing players, coaches. He was getting into it, also getting on the field. He's, his stunts have also included flying, parachuting, and bungee jumping in the stadium. So the sky is not the limit for this mascot, and I think it's only a matter of time before he gets in. The Notre Dame Leprechaun. It's not very often that a human mascot can be very successful. As time goes on, you have to replace the human they have had no problems. Now, it's been controversial in the past few years. They've added the first uh, female leprechaun, the Notre Dame leprechaun. Now, it's very hard for a human mascot to be successful. After a few years, you're going to have to replace the mascot. They have had no problem. They've gone through lots of iterations. Currently, there are three. Uh, There's the first female leprechaun also that has been this past year as well. Being portrayed by different people throughout the years has been a testament of what the mascot means. They see past who that person is, and they see it for the character that they are playing, which is really cool to see. So Notre Dame Leprechaun has been iconic. I think it deserves to be in the Mascot Hall of Fame. Bailey, the LA Kings mascot, has been fairly new since 2008, so just reaching eligibility now. Very vocal on social media, not afraid to start feuds with other mascots, uh, and also fans of other teams, so including CM Punk, the wrestler, who's a Blackhawks fan. He's uh, get to known to uh, get in the faces of uh, other fans recently, gets the crowd involved, been a big part of their success in the past decade. Bernie Brewer, any mascot that has a slide, that lands in a beer mug, walk on in, hello sir, welcome to the Hall of Fame. Now he does not have the he does not land in the beer mug anymore. 
times has changed, but he does still have his slide. He has a wonderful mustache and uh, the amenities. He has a chalet. He has a clubhouse. He's got it all. So I think he will be in the Mascot Hall of Fame soon. Bevo. Just like uh, mascots can be people, Bevo. Not only can mascots be people, they can also be live animals. This massive Texas Longhorn steer is on its 15th version and attends football games only. There is a felt mascot called Hook'em. He doesn't matter. But this famous steer uh, is very popular for getting in kind of the way of celebrations. You'll see uh, some Texas Longhorn games where uh, almost celebrate with the with the players, but has to stay in his pen because he can cause a heck of a lot of damage if he gets out. So he's a very scary mascot, but very, very effective. Handsome Dan. Speaking of animals, everyone likes dogs. This mascot is a dog, and he is one of the oldest mascots beginning his reign in 1889. He's not the world's oldest dog, so don't worry. Uh, they're on, they're on uh, I believe, Handsome Dan 17, so gone through a couple iterations. Uh, you can also find Handsome Dan 1 and 2 on campus at Yale. They have stuffed him and placed him in different areas that you can visit. And he's a very popular uh, mascot. You can even find him on some TV shows. So part of mascot history, he has that old provenance. So I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And finally, Stuff the Magic Dragon. In the past decade, no mascot has become as popular in the NBA than Stuff. Fitting the magic theme, don't know what the heck it is. He has lots of antics going on and he has become very popular with his involvement in the slam dunk competition, helping Aaron Gordon compete and just create crazy dunks, gets in there. He also hosts competition for mascots and he invites them from all over the world to compete in Olympic style events and raise money for charity, which is nice and it happens every year. So I think Stuff should be our final mascot into the Hall of Fame. What do you think? Let me know on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Sports Unite Podcast, Twitter, Sports Unite Pod 1. Who is your favorite mascot? What interactions do you have? Check out the Hall of Fame website to see if your favorite mascot is already in there. Why you think uh, your favorite mascot should be in there if they're not. That will do it for this episode. Please check us out, like I said, on the social media. Still looking for uh, your CFL greatest moments so we can cover them in a new episode. Also, let us know about your mascot, who your favorite mascot is. We're also trying to build this thing. Let's get it up there. Uh, 50 likes. I want to hit 50 likes on Facebook by the time episode 6 hits there. Once we hit 50 likes, we're going to have a giveaway on Facebook. Also, same on Instagram and uh, Twitter. We will be having something shortly so give us a follow share the podcast let it grow might just win something so let's get excited for the warm weather coming let's get outside for sports happening starting this weekend thank you very much for listening stay safe and see you